What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Crypto Marketing Show. Uh, today, we have a special guest, Marie Tattyboy from uh, Gate.io. She is the CMO. Uh, so we're going to discuss a couple things regarding uh, Gate.io's recent explosive growth and sort of how they, they accomplished that. Um, so first of all, welcome, Marie. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Ty. Of course. Uh, so first of all, I mean, Gate.io is obviously, you know, an exchange. Um, beyond that, can you give us a little bit of an overview of what Gate.io is? Sure. So Gate.io is a centralized exchange, which was started in 2013. So that makes us one of the oldest cryptocurrency exchanges. And, you know, as a result, we've, we've been through our fair share of challenges. Uh, a lot of the exchanges uh, that were around at that time are not here anymore. They've been through too many hacks and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, because we've made it this far, it's because we've taken security really seriously. Uh, and we also take, you know, the user experience and providing transparency and integrity to the user very seriously as well. This has also helped us push into a variety of other products. For example, wallet.io, which is a wallet that's directly linked to gate.io. So it makes it easy to kind of, you know, take your funds from wallet.io, put it on the exchange very easily to go and trade and vice versa. It's also led to the creation of GateChain, uh, which is a public blockchain that takes user security extremely seriously with an innovative uh, technology uh, that enables vault, uh, a vault account, which enables 100% uh, safeguarding of funds. We can get into that later. But basically, I think what I would like to say about Gate.io is everything that we do really goes around serving the user and helping them have the best trading experience possible whilst being able to, number one, provide the most secure environment, and number two, just providing them with all of the, all of the best features and all of the best points and projects that are available to them on the market. Awesome. Um, so you're obviously CMO. Um, can you walk me through a little bit what that role entails and, and how long you've been there? Sure. Um, I've been at Gate.io for three years now. I just celebrated my three-year anniversary. Uh, before we were focused, we were focused more uh, on the Asian markets. And since I joined, we really expanded into more international markets. So there's been a very big focus there uh, since I first got started. And I think uh, before crypto was very much focused on the Asian markets anyways, you know, Japan, Korea, uh, China, were definitely at the forefront of innovation and the users were very much from those areas. Now it's a lot more mixed. The US has always been there, of course, but I think we've also seen Western Europe and Europe in general really push things along. Uh, they are typically kind of laggards in the tech space and uh, they seem to finally have caught up. So uh, it's very exciting to really see the entire world come together and I am especially excited. We saw Africa come in kind of last year and we're really seeing Latin America come, come into its own this year. And I think that's really exciting. So 
my arrival has really kind of gone with our geographic expansion. And what else does, what does the CMO do? Well, the main thing that we're always focused on is providing the users with the best experiences possible, because if we provide them with a great user experience, then they'll trade more. And since we only make money from uh, fees, uh, commissions, um, if they trade more, then we make more money. So I think like our incentive is very much aligned with the best interests of the user. We don't take a fee, for example, when a, when projects are listed, which is very commonplace in a lot of, in the industry and at most other exchanges, which really makes uh, the listing of all of these projects very subjective. You know, um, that's not something that we do. Another way I can show you that we have transparency and integrity is our 100% proof of collateral feature, which enables you to go and see, uh, okay, I dropped off my funds in this account. Uh, you can go and see where it is exactly. This is not the case uh, at, other ex at a lot of other exchanges, and it's definitely not the case at a bank right? Uh, usually, yeah. usually they will take your funds and loan it out to someone else. And in the case of a lot of exchanges, not only will they take your funds, they'll probably trade with it. If they have their own trading desk, they'll probably front run you with your own money, which I mean, is kind of crazy. So that's definitely, uh, you know, us being able to provide so much transparency is definitely what made me fall in love with gate.io. And um, yeah, so our main, our main, my main objective is help the users have a great user experience, uh, whether that be through education, through creating a better user experience, user UI, all that kind of stuff. And then of course, try and get new users, right? And uh, I think we've been very successful this year by uh, partnering with a lot of different projects and doing a lot of really solid cross promotions. And uh, yeah, I think we were particularly successful in May of this year when we added uh, 1.4 million new users, bringing us all the way up to 6 million users on our platform. That was all May? That was all <laughs> that May? Was, that was all of May. Mm. Interesting. Uh, and I mean, let's discuss that a little bit more. How? <laughs> um, you went, from what I understand, I was looking at the user numbers, in less than a year, you went from two and a half million to six million. That's yeah. pretty incredible growth that I, I think, you know, a lot of people will in, in marketing, you always, crypto marketing, at least you always deal with, it's like, oh, well, you didn't do anything different. The market just changed, which is like so frustrating to hear because you yes. put so much work in through the bear market to take, you know, to kind of capitalize on when the market is hot. Um, what do you attribute that success to? So. First of all, you have to put all of that work in during the bear market to be able to capitalize on it, right, Ty? Uh, if you don't put all of that work in, then it's not going to go so well. The best time to biddle, build is yeah. <laughs> during the bear market, right? Uh, and uh, the, similarly, the best, way, the best time to make an investment and to hodl is during the bear market. Everyone always seems to want to invest when the market is hot. But <laughs> the best time to buy is uh, is during the bear market. And similarly, the best time to build is during the bear market as well. Uh, so we did have, of course, all of this 
initial uh, building done throughout the bear market. And uh, it wasn't so easy for sure to survive the bear markets. I mean, it was okay for us, but I did see a lot of exchanges die, a lot of media really sadly die, uh, and a lot of projects die as well. But uh, we have really bounced back. And I think one of the things that we have seen is there have been a lot of new projects that have come out kind of like uh, phoenixes out of all of the ashes of uh, the, uh, the crypto winter. Uh, we've seen a lot of new projects come alive from, from that. And it's been really interesting. The way that I like to put it is if we're going to rebuild internet, internet 3.0, and if uh, all of the different applications that we have that necess uh, that require uh, crypt a cryptocurrency to kind of be attached to it as a financial incentive, uh, if all of those applications need cryptocurrency, then this is really only just the beginning of cryptocurrencies, right? So there's still going to be lots of projects that are going to be launched and they need reputable exchanges to be able to do that. And they need users from these exchanges to come and invest in those projects. And that's what we've mainly been focused on. And that's why we've really been able to grow a lot. We've been very focused on finding these projects and doing heavy cross promotion with them so as to attract their users, so as to interest our users into their project. And really it's just a win, win, win. And uh, I think we've been really successful at that because we've lowered the barriers to entry for these projects because we don't have a listing fee, because everyone knows that we're objective when we're evaluating the projects, uh, because we have a huge user base that is available uh, to purchase their IDO or their new coin listing. And I think just generally because we do an excellent job at cross-promotion. Yeah, I, I wanna discuss that more um, because we, you know, my agency, obviously we work with a lot of companies. Some are really established, either exchanges or mobile apps or something like that. Some are just kind of getting started and are just starting being listed on exchanges. and the exchange listing process, you know, from, from our side, it's like an event that we usually, you know, build mm. a, a marketing plan around, but a lot of that marketing support does tend to come from the exchange that's doing the listing. So I am curious to hear um, for gate.io, what does that usually look like the cross promotion? Is it mostly social media based? Is there email blasts that go in, you know, on a more like granular level? I'm, I'm curious to learn. We do everything. Uh, you know, we're really focused on, you know, a lot of, a lot of users, a lot of users, they're interested in learning about projects, but sometimes users can uh, get a little distracted. Let's just put it that way. And they just kind of, you know, invest, you know, in, in a way that maybe is not so recommended. So one of the things that we are very focused on is trying to give as much face time as possible uh, to the project with the users. And so, of course, that goes through, you know, kind of more traditional things like a trading competition and kind of like some bounty hunting and stuff like that. But it also goes through uh, Ask Me Anything as soon as it gets listed or even before it gets listed on Telegram, but also on our live streaming platform. So they actually get to see the, the project. They see the person, you know, um, and they see me. 
uh, interviewing them. They know, they know me, uh, they feel reassured seeing them. And then there's a host of other things that we do as well. We also work with influencers and uh, we just, um, we also are always open to working on some creative campaigns. And we typically will follow up with a lot of our, uh, a lot of our projects six months or, you know, a, a few months in the future, maybe when they have an, a special announcement. For example, you know, we, we, have a, we have a partnership with TrustSwap and I just interviewed uh, Jeff Kredakis uh, on my show. And I think um, it, was, it was a really, it was a really good one. And that again is kind of like a repeat. He had some announcements and uh, I thought it was, a, it's just a really great platform with the 6 million users that we have to be able for, to be able to give the opportunity to the projects to be able to, you know, share what they, what they want to share with uh, the crypto world. Yeah. I've noticed I was, I was reading up or I should say watching up on your mm -hmm. YouTube channel with all the AMAs. And I thought that was just a, such a smart way of, um, I mean, the, one of the last episodes that we did on this show was, brand building. And mm -hmm. one of the, the topics that we discuss is how important it is in crypto to actually just get your face out there. It seems like such yes. a, a trivial thing, but in crypto, you're, you're just behind the screen most of the time. Um, and there's so many like nefarious characters, I guess, that yes. people that kind of get out there and show their face, I think, are at a huge advantage to, to build yes. trust and get people to, to use your product. The, the human element is extremely important. Uh, we very rarely list any project that's anonymous uh, because it's very uncertain. Our research team that researches all of the different projects is very strong. There's definitely a host of uh, different uh, different things that we look at, and definitely anonymity is um, is not really recommended. But beyond just what you're saying, you can have a name and still not really be a face, right? And so yeah. coming onto a YouTube channel, coming onto our live stream really helps build that humanity of, of the brand. And it's it's something that we ourselves are looking to expand all of the time as well. Yeah, it seems like you guys are investing pretty heavily in building your own media channels between yes. the AMAs that you guys have. Um, I think you guys have a number of shows on YouTube. Uh, I'm forgetting the names, but um, yes, I host a show yeah. every Friday called Crypto Flavors. That's right. Uh, Diksha hosts uh, Crypto Delhi, where she talks about India, uh, and we have our community managers also starting shows for their own local markets. I think for the local markets, especially, it's really important because everything in crypto is always in English, but a lot of users are not just English speakers, right? So it's important to be able to do that. And I think one of the most important things about us, you know, having our own media is that our media is not really biased. I mean, sure, you could argue that, you know, we're gonna say the project is great, et cetera. But when it comes to the market, I don't really have any vested interest in pushing you this or that way in the mm -hmm. same way that I think the crypto media is doing as well as they can, but they are very dependent off sponsorship. And they there are a lot of dodgy practices that are happening in the crypto media. I've seen a lot of media not uh, declare that something's a sponsorship, that they're getting paid, whether it's in tokens or in USDT or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that's, 
that's not only unethical, but that's also in most jurisdictions uh, illegal. So, you know, there's still a long way to go. So I think one of the things that our users really appreciate is that we don't have any vested interest in in whichever way that we we tell we tell the story. And I think that's an important point to make. Yeah, and so the decision to kind of launch your own media channels, was that one that you made or someone else on the team? Yes, that was one that I made. The live stream, it became clear to me as soon as the live stream functionality was launched on our platform that that was definitely something that we should use. And we have seen that users really enjoy being connected to the channel, watching us, interacting with us, asking us questions, especially during the AMAs. I think they get a little bored of just my face. They like <laughs> having a, a new face on. And, uh, and yeah, and typically it's great because they have the opportunity to ask all the questions that they want to ask before they make the jump into investing into the project. So regarding marketing for an exchange, because, you know, crypto marketing is a topic in itself, and then it gets even more divisional with marketing exchanges, marketing, sure. you know, I don't know, accounting software, um, marketing tokens for exchanges specifically, how would you rank like different strategies? What would you put at kind of like the top of your priorities regarding, you know, maybe it's like SEO or social media management or influencer marketing? How would, how would you rank like this typical crypto marketing strategies for an exchange? Sure. I think, uh, I think everything's important, of course. And I also think it depends what stage you're at in, uh, in the space. When I first came on board, as an example, Gate.io was not so well known when it came to, you know, international media. So it was pretty hard for us to get mentioned in the media without paying. But the route that I chose was not to pay unless it was really a special situation and definitely not to pay any of the smaller ones where they're not using ethical practices, like I've mentioned, because that's just. That's just, I think it's just feeding, uh, you know, what what's, first of all, unethical, but also once you start paying, you can't really, you know, backtrack and not pay anymore. So we struggled for a while, but then uh, Diksha Sharma, my head of comms, uh, she was able to really establish all of her relationships with journalists. And, you know, now, now Gate is almost always... A lot of our press releases are are up there when she sends them. A lot of the where often mentioned as one of the top exchanges and stuff like that. So that's all a lot of work. That's brand awareness, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Social media is really important uh, because crypto is very much about community. And so social media is the platform that you most will need to use to engage with your community. For us, uh, Telegram and Twitter are definitely the biggest, but we're also getting started with Clubhouse and a lot of other ones. It really, of course, also depends on your market. So some markets will use some things more, some social media platforms more than others. But social mm -hmm. media, I would say, is definitely really important. Paid advertising is really hard in the crypto space because a lot of it is not possible, first yeah. of all. Tell um, me about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes things hard. 
but uh, that um, you know you kind of you, you're able to interact with uh, with other media platforms and stuff like that. My experience has not been so successful. I think that's much more of a brand awareness thing, and so you know you have to decide you have to decide where you want to invest your money when it comes to brand awareness because you need brand awareness and then you also need of course conversion right mm -hmm. and so the way that we you know are able to push conversion is usually with the listings and pushing the listings and we're using the channels of social media to do that pr to a certain extent and um yeah influencers is also it's not something we've used as much uh, I, I have worked with some influencers, but it can be a little tricky. And I think a lot of the influencers more and more so have taken on a lot of unethical practices as well. Mm -hmm. And that's a real problem, especially now that we're seeing bigger influencers. So who are not crypto related originally come into the space. And, you know, maybe they were making $2, right, for CPM of, because they were talking about, I don't know, shoes. And now because they're talking about finance, they're making $15 per CPM, right? So yeah, the amount exactly. of money that they're making on YouTube is a lot higher. And so you're seeing that, you know, they're really multiplying the number of videos around that kind of activity and you know we've seen some pretty awful uh projects being promoted like uh, trust the kids which is like you know just exploiting charity for uh for their own personal interest i think it's i think it's a real problem so with influencers i'm very careful and i really recommend to everyone to be extremely careful when they see an influencer promoting a project, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to be dumping on you. And mm -hmm. actually, uh, I was thinking about this when I was just, just walking around and I was thinking, you know, maybe these influencers, they should make their, uh, the, the tokens that they accept and the address at which they accept them, uh, public so that we can see that they're not dumping. Uh, on the users. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no. And I, I, I do feel like the influencers that have been in the crypto space for a while are pretty good. I mean, we, we do a ton of influencer marketing and mm -hmm. we are very selective with the influencers that we mm -hmm. work with because there is, you know, like you said, unethical practices that um, just are not good for the community in general. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, you know, obviously here for the long term. We've been here for several years and, and we have a, a vested interest in, in crypto being yeah. Uh, a not not a regulated industry, but a self policing industry to a sense. Sure. Um, I find that the influencers that are coming into crypto like during a bull run, just to kind of like you mentioned, make more money off of the content they're already creating, rather than the ones that are here for crypto in the long term, um, are worse with these unethical practices. Whereas the crypto yes. ones are pretty on top of what's allowed, what's not allowed, what's ethical. Um, mm. So I will defend them in that sense a little bit. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, transparency in general is, is always helpful, especially for people that don't realize, I mean, this, you, you can disclose things in a lot of different ways when you're an influencer and sometimes yes. things are not super obvious or easy to miss, um, which can be problematic.
Yeah. But it does, you know, I think um, one of the things is it does all, of course, it lies with the influencer to be as transparent as they can. Uh, but it also lies with, with the user to be careful with, you know, this is, this is not virtual, this is virtual currency, but it's, it is your money. It, mm -hmm. You should be taking responsibility for what you're doing. Uh, that's, that's definitely something that I always say every, every Friday, I say to all of the viewers, you know, be, be careful with what you're doing. There's, there's a lot of scammers out there. I've been impersonated like so many times by now it's written yeah. all of my, we, we actually have a, <laughs> there's now a, cause I, I didn't recently, I didn't invest in, in social media until recently. And then as mm. we started doing that, I started getting impersonators and now we actually have an impersonator agency, which is like probably the first impersonator agency there is who yeah. actually just copied our website, like word for word, just replaced wow. every mention of Coinbound and put their name. And it's like, it's such an interesting phenomenon that you don't see really in other industries. Yeah. Um, but as far as like influencer marketing from the standpoint of an exchange, you know, you touched on the ethical reasons for being careful. Um, have you explored it to a sense where you could say it's effective or not effective for gate.io? We have seen, we have seen some positive results. We haven't scaled it to make it a, uh, to, to be able for me to be able to answer your question uh -huh. uh, to the best of my ability. But uh, yeah, I think we, we have seen some positive ROI. We have also seen some where I think it was more brand building and that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's part of the mix. Yeah, exactly. Especially early on. Um, we always recommend like, we'll, we'll recommend doing influencer marketing, uh, especially YouTube content because it's longer form because we can get kind of like an educational amount of content built up. Mm -hmm. Um, so even if you don't see a, a, an immediate positive ROI on that, you at least have a place to point people that are going to check you out and need to kind of see how something works. Um, I think one of the, one of the things that I saw, uh, that I thought was really good was when Elio trades partnered up with super farm. And I think that the way that he did it was really interesting. They you know, he was very open about the fact that he was an early investor and he really pushed the project a lot. And I think like for Super Farm, that worked out really well. And I think it also probably worked out really well for Elio Trades as well. Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, if you can, of course, not every, not every project is like Super Farm, right? But I think if you can find, whether it's someone as big as him or, a smaller influencer, if you can partner like that in a real way where, you know, maybe the person is giving you real feedback and he's, they, they're really going to push your project. And it's going to be very clear that they're an early investor. Then I think it can be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. now, you had touched a little bit earlier on the fact that you guys, you know, were very heavily targeted in Asia and have expanded beyond that. Have you found the need to tweak any strategies, you know, for Asia versus like North America, for example? Uh, we don't do a lot of promotion in North America because in, well, we, we still have some users for sure, but in the U S and Canada, we are closed for margin trading and a host of all of our functionalities. Uh, because of uh, all of the regulation. We're working on, you know, pa going past 
the regulation and making sure we have all the licensing and stuff like that. But it's still a work in progress. We're much further along in Western Europe, for example. So I might answer that for Western Europe. Yeah, yeah, uh, please do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do think uh, there's a lot of things that are different. There's definitely a lot, a lot more convincing to do in Western Europe. The cost for acquisition is definitely higher. You mm. definitely have to touch them uh, more often. I think uh, the you know, the, 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 they're a little more educated. And so, you know, a kind of reward campaign might not work as well, but if we can, when you find, say reward campaign, do you mean like a giveaway? Like what any you... of the bounty hunting gotcha. giveaway and stuff like that has been very popular in a lot of Asian countries, but I think the Western Europeans or the Europeans, they're, they're very interested in a lot of the high quality projects. And I have met a lot of high quality projects here in Europe. And a lot of them are actually quite, quite far along when it comes to regulation as well. So I think that kind of brings, you know, a, 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 an increased amount of trust in, in the project and hence in the investing in the project. Hmm, interesting. Um... Another kind of, I guess, similar question is, you know, you've been the CMO for three years, which has seen uh, bull markets and bear markets. Yes. How have the strategies changed between the two? Yeah, uh, that's an excellent question. So I started out in the bear market. We definitely were pushing a lot of, you know, still a lot of projects, but, you know, we're definitely pushing a lot of different kinds of campaigns. And then when the bull market hit, it was very much about just being able to keep up with everything. There was a huge influx in the number of users. I had to hire a lot of people and we had to, one of the biggest things is we had to hire a lot of new customer support people. Yeah, I'm sure. And that was, uh, that was, that was a big struggle because it's pretty difficult to do customer support for a cryptocurrency exchange. The amount of security that is needed, the amount, you know, the amount of technical knowledge that is needed is very high. You can't just recruit a person to who will do customer support for like any other industry. They really have to be trained uh, and they, they have to be trained and they have to be very patient very patient. Uh, I have seen, it depends on the country, but there are some countries where the users are incredibly intense and they will, they will say, they will try and resort to semi blackmail. I mean, it is, really? it is, it is a little nuts. We, we work in a fun <laughs> industry, <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely challenging. And everyone that I've hired so far has been, has been up to the task. So I'm really grateful to have found all the great people who work with me. Yeah, it's it's like a constant, I mean, this isn't even like a marketing thing. This is just like an entrepreneurship in the crypto space things <laughs> that it's so hard to maintain the correct amount of staff, regardless of what kind of company you have, because the market, like the it, demand of the market changes so quickly. Um, you're either always overstaffed or understaffed. It's such a, it's such a hard balance. 
We've mostly been understaffed so far, uh, but yeah. we have really pushed things along. I think we're at where we need to be right now. And I'm just, uh, you know, waiting right now. The market is stable, I guess, sideways, I guess. Yeah. Stable, <laughs> stable is a good way to put it. It's, it's an interesting, we're like sideways kind of, I mean, we did just pump like 12% yesterday yeah. the day before, but. So it's hard to say it, it could be any minute. I'm, I have my button. Let's uh, I have my button ready to go and recruit more, but yeah. we're, we're stable for now. But I think I've been, what is very exciting about the crypto space is that everyone I've been able to hire so far is really passionate about crypto. And so I don't need to like motivate them so much. You know, they do what they love to do, which is like read about crypto, engage with people about crypto. And we all talk about crypto all of the time, you mm -hmm. know, so, and I'm sure all of their loved ones are also very happy because they get to, you know, I don't know if, if uh, you have some friends who are not in the crypto space, but they don't want to hear about crypto, right? So it's better that we get it all out. Of yeah. Work. Well, now, now they do. Now they're like, all right, everyone's making a lot of money doing this. Of How course. do I get in? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, for years it was like, Ty, we don't care about Bitcoin. <laughs> Um, all right, cool. Um, you, you had mentioned a lot of helpful information regarding getting listed. And, and I think a lot of companies that listen to this podcast and are looking for marketing you know, resources are interested in getting listing, listed on exchanges. Can you walk through a little bit regarding what goes into like your process for listing a new company, a, a new token on, on your exchange? Okay, sure. So the first thing I will say is like I said, we don't take a listing fee. We do ask for budget, but the budget is allocated to the marketing prom like promotional activities. It's not, none of it goes into our pocket, just so like that's clear. Uh, so, you know, we, we ask for budget and then the budget is allocated between some of the different activities like the trading competition, the, the uh, listing vote, et cetera, et cetera. But what makes a good project we typically like to see some volume. So we want to see like maybe a few million dollars uh, worth of, of volume because, you know, and it has to be real volume, right? Is that, is that daily? A couple million daily? Yeah. Yeah. Daily. Uh, we get, we can tell if it's, if it's all yeah. pumped by, by a whale or re, like I said, our research team is incredibly experienced. So, yeah, of course, uh, we also, like I said, we don't really usually engage in an anonymous team, but anything's possible, of course. The reason, the reason for that is we very rarely delist any of, it's really, really rare for us to delist any project. So we need to make sure that the project is, you know, going to really be used and really, really going to stay on with us for a long time so yeah we need we need to see some vol initial volume we do also have a partnership with TrustSwap. so any of the projects that get listed on TrustSwap are kind of like sent our way and will typically be listed on to gate uh, so that's also like a another way and um yeah i think just just fundamentals obviously we've seen a lot of interest this year in nfts and in DeFi. And I feel like the next kind of wave might be a kind of combination of the two. We've seen mm -hmm. a lot of the kind of gaming 
coins really pump this week. And I wouldn't be surprised to see more of that coming. It really seems like all of the gamers, the e-sports e people are really are really becoming very familiar with cryptocurrency and are going to look to really engage in uh, in that vertical this year. Cool. Um, thanks. That's super helpful. I think people are going to find that valuable. Mm -hmm. um, I want to wrap this up. It's been you know awesome chatting with you and, and learning about everything. Before we go, though, um, where can people find you online? Sure. So come and look for us on at gate.io. Very, very simple to remember. <laughs> on Twitter, you can find us at gate underscore io. And uh, to find me, uh, I have uh, I am starting a newsletter really soon. I'm going to be talking about altcoins and stuff like that. You can come and find me on Twitter at Marie, M-A-R-I-E-T-A-T-I-B-O-U-E-T. I know my name's a little long, uh, <laughs> but uh, or you can just type in like CMO at Gate.io and you should you should be able to find me. Follow me on Twitter and I will be posting like my newsletter out there. I'll be posting once a week and just talking kind of what I do on my live streams, which is just talk about all of the really exciting new projects that are coming out there. I'm super psyched for August 5th with, you know, the ETH upgrade. I think there's, there's a lot of great things that are going to come out of the upgrade. It's going to be a struggle with all of the miners, that's for sure. But, you know, without struggle, we can't like go past and move forward. So uh, I, I welcome it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of months, regardless of what happens with price. Absolutely. Just with, There's so much going on. Um, all right. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, it's been really cool chatting with you. And uh, see ya. <laughs> thanks so much, Ty. And a big thanks to all of the Coinbound audience.